Welcome back, listeners. We're happy to have you. In today's segment, we're going to be talking about marital affairs. And in particular, it would be my personal experience, me being the person that had the affair. In uh, some of our previous episodes, we've touched on this a bit, and we wanted to kind of go into this further. And my husband, Don, is here, and Michelle is going to be asking us some questions Um And after we kind of give a little bit of a summary, um, or I give you a little bit of a summary of how this all happened, um, where do I start? Just dive right in. Just dive right in. Okay. Unfortunately, this goes back to more of my childhood trauma. Um, I was raised in a very chaotic environment. It's kind of my normal. My mom was obviously a narcissist. I, uh, I, I always had a, you know, very high anxiety rate because there was always some kind of drama going on drug use. You know, she actually did some call girl stuff back in her day. Um, and it was all, all that was just like my normal, even though it wasn't normal. Mm -hmm. Um, had, we talked about this previously, had two well, three failed marriages in the past where I was cheated on and most of those, you know, well, actually, yeah, in those situations um, where I did not, you know, I stayed at home with my kids and everything. Um, let's fast forward. Um, never really dealt with any of that, dealt with my own insecurities about myself. Um, and I married on and he's probably one of the most calm, rational, logical people that I've ever met in my life because everybody else that I was ever involved with to include my mother and family members, siblings are all um, just very chaotic. Mm -hmm. That's the only way I can explain it. If it's not drug use, it's mental illness. If it's neither one of those, it's well, they're kind of in the habit of, like I was, of creating their own drama because that's their normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so Don and I, you know, married fairly quickly. I already had three children. I got pregnant fairly quickly. We jumped right in. Everything was, you know, it wasn't perfect. We both had our, like, health issues. He ended up having back surgery just a few years after we got married and then I had brain surgery. So we'd went through a lot of things together. Um, deaths, you know, stuff that everyone goes through and we seem to be, you know, strong in that kind of stuff together and more of like, kind of like a yin yang thing where he had his things and I had mine, but it worked. And, We moved to Texas, and my son meets his biological father. Hadn't seen this man in, I don't know, at that point, was it 20-some years, 20, how old was Jason? 20-something. He's 31 now, so I think he's like 24, 25. 
24 years. And you know, when it, when it, we first moved down here, we introduced him to his dad. We did as a family. Don came actually the Don was the only person that I had confided in and actually told him who my son's father was. Um, because he is one of the only people that I've really ever trusted within my life. And long story short, like, I don't want to drag this out because this would take hours upon hours. Um, (laughs) we're here. Um, my son meets his father. Like we all start, you know, commingling and everything. And Don and I were having some problems. I felt, um, that Don was detached. I was just basically the inner child, like screaming at me, I wasn't getting enough attention and I wanted attention. And it just so happened that my first son's dad was there and he started giving me this attention that I had been craving. Um, but to be real with you, like I wanted that attention from my husband. I didn't want it from him. Um, but unfortunately, as we know, there's certain people that prey upon people's weaknesses. And, um, I'm not saying that I'm not guilty. I did what I did, but there are people that prey upon that and find situations and scenarios that they can slither their way into like a snake and completely ruin a family. Um, And when I'm still dealing with my own trauma and stuff, I'm easily um, manipulated. Um, I'm very, you know, if if you're showing me that emotion that I'm needing at that time, then it makes me even more pliable Mm -hmm. for that. (laughs) Um, And, you know, what I can say is that when someone does have an affair, it has more to do with them than it does the other person what that brought me and what I felt like it brought my marriage is I know it hurt my husband and you know, that's not something that I can take back, but what I can guarantee is that I know there's people that go out there and they have affairs all the time and they cheat. You know, Mm -hmm. I know that you've talked about that within your marriage as well, but I learned my lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, I will never do it again. And it was a hard lesson to learn. I got involved with this person. I really thought this person like had my best interests and everything and they did not. Um, It ended up very abusive, very nasty. Um, That person was on drugs. It led to assault. Like it, it got really dirty. Like, and you know, when I came out of that, I was like, you know what? That's what I get. That's what I get. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it was enough that like, I had to go to the hospital on several occasions, you know, like it it just got, it was horrible. It was, you know how people say some of the best, like the hardest lessons to learn are the ones that you're, you're like never going to forget because they're that bad. Like that Mm -hmm. was that, that was that. Um, and, and the grass is never greener on the other side. It's usually turf with like rot underneath. How long did your, um, how long did your affair last? Mm, About a year. A year. And how did, how did Don find out? I will let him answer that. Oh, 
kind of kind of some tough questions. Um, I had my suspicions, and I'm pretty certain I told you about my suspicions, or at least I alluded to them. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, especially during that time, there was a, a catch twenty two. If I came up and said. I don't like this guy. He's an asshole. Then I'm the asshole. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I came up and said, I think you're doing this, then I was accusing her of something. I've told her that I didn't trust him and I didn't trust the situation. Why are you talking to him? And she lied to me Mm -hmm. often uh, in that whole episode. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to, I was trying to be uh, what I thought I was supposed to be, which was, carrying an understanding figured there was something else going on, trying to be a decent guy about the whole thing. But in the back of my head, I'm feeling jealous and uh, upset and like, I really want to kill people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I can't act out on that because, you know, there's a, there's a side of me that can't do what, you know, the, uh, caveman Don wants to do <laughs> right <clears throat> did did it hurt more that it was somebody that you both knew it's somebody that she had a previous relationship with or do you feel like it would have been less hurtful if it would have been just a random one night stranger oh yeah absolutely there's the, the fact that it went on you know I'm well first I gotta go to this I'm trying to be as open as I can with some of these answers. And Certainly. I, you know, my wife is sitting right here and right. I, I love you to death, baby. I love you too. Okay. So like when I'm thinking about this, kind of figure that you're asking me to go into some time machine. So it's like some kind of time machine uh, that in order to answer your question, mm-hmm. I have to kind of go back into the mindset that I was during the event. And, um, and, it, and it was a really raw period of time for me. Um, I'm, you mentioned a little while ago how logical I am. Yes, you, usually he is the most logical person. Okay. I'm the emotional person. In control. <clears throat> yes. Okay, people who are controlled, there's a reason why they're controlled. Because when I'm not in control, I'm out of control. And if I'm out of control, it's not that people get injured. Really bad things happen. That's why I stay under control. Understood. So that is a learned behavior that I have. So in order to go back to those moments, I have to go back into a very uh, emotionally unstable period of time for me. Mm -hmm. So to kind of go back there for a sec. And answer where I was in that time. Absolutely, it was difficult dealing with the fact that this wasn't some, you know, one night out of town, whatever, something happened, tripped up, had a drink, you know, slipped and, you know, I don't want to finish that. Um, it's, It's hard not to be crude. I know no, there's nothing it, wrong it, with it. We be no, I, I, I think you should. I mean, yeah, be, you know, I think you should be raw. <laughs> yeah, you got to be raw. Like, just say it. Well, 
so uh, yeah, it's a lot different than that. It's it's a lot different than just a one night stand. When mm-hmm. we're talking about something that happened for a year, and during this period of a year, it's things that I questioned and got lied to on mm-hmm. a pretty well daily basis. So yeah. yeah, it's pretty raw. Right. So you know, I have to say, you know, being around you two and your interactions, usually when there's like a conflict in a marriage or something's happened and you know, there's unresolved, something that's like unresolved or something that's happened, such as an affair, there's usually like underlying jabs. Like you can pick up like when a couple is not like a hundred percent jiving. Like I've never picked up on that. Like I was, I have to say, I was really surprised when Shannon shared, you know, because I would never, I don't know, you guys seem to jive quite well together. I mean, most people wouldn't have. I think that's that's where you got to go back to um, a person that has severe trauma mm-hmm. and internal struggles and trying to regulate their own nervous system to where my marriage, you know, did was I craving attention? Yes. But because I had had so much chaos in my life, I felt like that abusive and almost stalkerish behavior mm-hmm. of a person was tr- was true love as opposed to you know when i look back in hindsight being 2020 don is my he's my safe place he's my calm place and there was still that child within me that was craving that that toxicity do you think that um, part of it is, is like you've mentioned, child going, you know, getting into those traits of, you know, Don seems like a extremely stand up guy. He seems stable. Do you think that that kind of scares you in a way at that time when there was some kind of conflict it, that was going on in the marriage that you immediately your instinct was always, fight or flight and you chose to go back always. to what? what you felt comfortable with always. And not only that, when there's so much calmness and that you have in a marriage, like I'm sure he can tell you for the first, I don't know, decade we were together, I would question him all the time. And I was waiting literally like something is so good. Like when you're a child and you grew up in that, what people don't understand is you're waiting for that hammer to drop. Mm -hmm. If it's calm, like I'm waiting Mm -hmm. for the horrible thing to happen, you know, you're, you're waiting for it. And and sadly, what a lot of people don't want to admit is they're almost craving that, like that, that drama and that toxicity. Like there's a, you know, when you're raised that way, what people don't understand is during childhood development, if that's all you have is chaos, that's your normal. So when you have calmness, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Or when you have people that are acting appropriately by not having a marital affair or, you know, not verbally abusing or physically abusing that it's, it's weird. Right. And, and it's definitely not to make an excuse for this. I can completely understand what you're saying about, um, you know, about going back to the chaos or, or like having that's your safety is having that chaos. Um, I'm curious, Don, is, is your family, did you come from a divorce family? Yes. Um, I mean, my parents, they stuck around just long enough for all the kids to get old enough to go on their own Mm -hmm. and then they divorced Mm -hmm. and my dad fooled around on my mom several times. Uh, you know, my mom had her own 
ways, especially alcohol and some other things mm-hmm. about dealing with those dissatisfactions with her marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the nicest way to say it. And, uh, she was just ultimately unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some ways I had that kind of modeled for me in the fact that, um, you know, my parents stuck together and they stuck it through mm-hmm. that being said, I absolutely see no value in two people hanging out just to be toxic around each other and have kids and stay together until they're older. So the fact that, you know, I stayed with her Mm -hmm. during all this and sorted it out wasn't because of, Hey, let's just stick together for the kids. That really, it, there's a part of it that, Mm -hmm. you know, you want what's best for your kids. So you try to make the best decisions possible. Right. That being said, it wasn't just about the kids, mm-hmm. the fact that I wanted to stay with her and I wanted to work it out. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's kind of like the reason why I never had an affair on her mm-hmm. because I've been married before, although the fir- my first marriage was a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you start cheating, once you start having a life, that are that's separate. Mm-hmm. I I think it's uh, extremely difficult, if not possible, to recover from that. Mm-hmm. It, because it is, you have to decide to start over mm-hmm. again. It is starting over. Mm-hmm. And if you're daily having affairs and daily doing this and daily going out and doing that, or even talking bad about your partner behind their back, then right. you have to start over again. How did you? Um... How, how did you fix your marriage? Did you go, go through counseling? Did you? We, we tried counseling. Uh, and, and there were some things that I think we had, we had some different counselors, some stuff happened, uh, you know, that there's, uh, some of the counselors seemed like that, you know, they had some information for us. Some of us, sometimes it was, uh, I don't know. It was just a, a joke. Mm-hmm. We we had a we had a therapist look at us and say, "How are you st- even still married?" And we were like, "Excuse me." I mean, he's like, "Well, you've lived parallel lives." Yeah, we have. Like, I stayed at home and raised the kids, and he was at school doing his stuff. But like to me, you know, besides us missing out on some like connection, because you know. I was doing what I was supposed to do and take care of the kids in the house so that he could finish his education so we could have a better life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, I'm criticized and, because I'm not yes. giving you the attention. And and he was because there was, the, you know, I, we talked about this previously. There's, there's that screaming person inside you that sometimes just needs that attention that needs someone to uh, pursue them. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the best, that's the best verbiage I can use is, 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 well, as humans, I think men and women, we want to be pursued and yeah, we talk to many therapists, but I think that when you sit there and you talk to therapists, you take what you want and you leave the rest because just because they're a therapist doesn't mean that all the information they're giving you is, is right for your situation. Right. Um, no, but it got us to talk. It did. It did. I think it, that was the biggest it, part. It opened, it definitely opened an area to where we could talk because Don and I lived so long where, you know, I felt like I was always talking and he wasn't saying anything. Like I would say I needed this, I needed this. Like I was always trying to be open and communicate it, but I was doing it in a way that wasn't 
productive, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like it was usually a childish roundabout bullshit way. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't direct, like, Hey, I need this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was expecting to give him some vague circumstance and he was supposed to read the rest of the way in it to figure it out. You know, it, it was kind of like that. And no, not kind of like that. It was, that's exactly what it was. And of course he's sitting over there going like, I don't know what you want me to do with that information because I'm not going to play six year old games with you. Yeah. Right. If you want something from me, please be direct about it. Say what it is you want because I don't want to play those types of games. Right. I'm not dating a little girl. So it, it had to, you know, and, and in any of my other relationships and even in my childhood, that's the other thing is I had to learn to be, you know, I don't have a problem being direct like out and, or when it comes to my kids or, you know, any other type of advocating that I do. However, in relationships, I have a horrible time Mm -hmm. directly communicating my needs. Um, because I was never allowed to like, from a child, I was never allowed to say how I felt or how something affected me or what I needed. You were never heard. I was never heard. Mm -hmm. It was always, so if I wanted something, I basically had to hint at it. Mm -hmm. It was like I had to throw hints or little, you know, bits and pieces of, oh, I would like this or, oh, like this, this is great. Like, you know what I mean? Like I would make hints. I I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be direct because I wasn't allowed to be direct because also being direct and being a girl was also found as being rude. Mm -hmm. Like you're rude. You're not supposed to be direct like that. Well, on the flip side of it though, from, you know, I mean, something that you've kind of touched on from a male perspective, um, to be the responsible party means I make responsible. I typically try to make responsible decisions. And so if it means that I have to stay late and work on some kind of project and I have to take care of it because that's what I have to do for school, then that's the decision that I make. It's not because I'm looking to impress anybody at school or to do anything else, but that's my job at the moment was to go to school at that time. It's just like right now, if I'm doing something for work and I have to do it, then I have to do it because I have to meet some kind of deadline. It's not because I want to be working on you know, work crap on a Saturday and have to spend a couple of hours up there. It's because that's what I have to do. And I make that responsible decision. But the thing is, is, you know, as a kid, you never like the parent that makes you eat your leafy greens and they're not fun and exciting. And I realized that, you know, especially at that time in our marriage, I wasn't fun and exciting because I was trying to do the responsible things. And I had a lot of pressure on me to take care of those things and, and to do what was best for our family. But those decisions aren't fun. And, you know, the guy who uh, does not make responsible decisions. Yes. And would piss away any money that came at him or do anything else. And he would complete s- ridiculous. He would totally screw up a billion dollars. Trash. He really would. That was another thing that pissed me off the most. Just that you selected that. He was definitely downgrade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when you guys, uh, you know, when you guys have disagreements or, you know, when you have fights, does this get, does this ever get tossed around? Like as, uh, well, you did this or, you know, well, you had an affair with this person. Does that ever, does it ever come up? 
That usually isn't in my tool bag, it's but that's in, in her, her tool, tool bag. bag. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, and I'm saying that nicely. I'm just saying that you do, you drag out things. I sometimes. haven't, but I haven't for no, several haven't. years. Like I really haven't, but yes, earlier in our marriage, I sure yeah. did. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be like, oh, well you took old girl here and you did this with that old girl. Like, you know what All I mean? Like, yeah, I would, I would definitely throw All it up. Um, that being said, since I've like done work on myself and I've been like really dealing with like all my own issues, that's not usually something that I bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you want to continue in a marriage after stuff like that's happened, has he ever had an affair on me? No. Has he ever took girls out? Yeah. Um, have I had an affair? Yes. Have I went out with guys? Yes. But you know, um, I'm not saying that you know, his is as bad as mine. I'm not making any type of judgment. I'm just saying that if you want to get past any of that, mm-hmm. like you can't do that. You can't keep throwing. You can't keep throwing it. Through. It's like, like, why would you keep beating a pinata? It doesn't have candy in it anymore. Well, and, it, and, and that begs the question why we're talking about it now. But I think the, the point is like, especially talking about it now is because, uh, you know, certainly for us, we, we have our moments that, you know, something goes on and we discuss things and, you know, there's always hidden gems underneath there, or, you know, let's lift the rock and, and make sure that we've got everything cleared out um, as far as any kind of issues or problems. And, you know, I think we've dealt with that. Um, I mean, even as recent as uh, a, a comment within the last week, of something that was said that wasn't really, it was tangential mm-hmm. to it, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't directly about it. We were just talking about it. Yeah. And well, so, there was, there was even stuff that I hadn't directly told him that I, that I still hid from him for what I felt like was protecting his feelings. And, and also um, because they're very embarrassing and shameful like, um, you hear people on the news all the time. They're like, oh, just because a woman wears a midriff or wears some sexy clothing doesn't mean that, um, they're asking for someone to rape them. Mm-hmm. But understand that society puts that in your head. So these bad things happened to me mm-hmm. and I was having an affair. And so it was some stuff that I didn't disclose to my husband because it was that bad. Mm-hmm. And so I shared some information with him this last week before we did this um, of some hospital records and some pictures of some things that were done to me during that time that I had never shared with him Mm -hmm. Um, because I felt like it was relevant since we were talking about it, like that I did this and I trust me when I say that I got everything I deserved and more like. It, it was one of those situations where it's like you go into something and you think that, oh, look at this like grassy knoll. It's going to be, you know, I'm getting all this tension. It's going to be so much better. And it turns into like this abusive, like I can't even go out in public because this person will be waiting for me outside. Right. So how was all of this? I'm just curious. How was all of this happening in your marriage and you're getting beat up and you, you're, you know, have obviously you've got black and blue marks and like, I mean, you had a noticed, I'm assuming. I that- lied. Okay. Okay. 
I lied. She not only did she lie, she would make me feel like I was some kind of a jealous idiot or something that was making stuff up or making, uh, you know, a mountain out of a mohill and that mm-hmm. I was being jealous and I was saying mean things about this guy or whatever. And well, understand when he started asking, I was trying to get out of the situation and I had discussed this to him with him. I was trying to get out of it. Like I hadn't realized what was happening. It was too late, but I was trying to get away from this person and I was trying to do it peacefully, but you can't do that with a narcissist. Mm -hmm. As soon as you reject them, they become violent. They become stalkerish. You um, needed to come to me. Yeah, but I didn't want to put you in that situation. I would have made it a volatile situation. I didn't want you to get in trouble. So that was, again, I thought in my mind, my way of like just keeping him at bay. So Mm -hmm. I completely. By doing that? I understand now, but I'm saying at that moment, like that's what I was doing. I guess what, so what I'm saying is if there was any value out of this that went to somebody else, if you're in the middle of an affair and, and when it all comes down to it, you just need to come clean. You need to come clean. And I think I eventually did, but I had to get to that point with him because I'm going to be honest. It was completely sextortion. Um, this person had photos of me, had videos of me and threatened to put them out to my children, mm-hmm. threatened to put them on the dark web. And I was honestly in fear that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Was I in fear that my husband would see it? No, because we we were already in this, you know, and if it, I would have just been like, this is what happened. That being said, when you're talking about your children and like mm-hmm. different people, that's not okay. Like right. that's something that I could have dealt with on you know, a one-on-one basis with my husband. And not only that, like to, to put me out on the web for the whole world to see, you know, that was scary. Mm -hmm. And not just for the world to see, but to see me naked, Mm -hmm. to see my body. And, um, it scared me. And then finally, you know, like I'm trying to like completely cut this off. The abuse had gotten so bad, you know, he's literally like abusing his kids mentally emotionally. Um, and it, it finally got to the point where I was so fed up that I was like, I don't give a fuck what you do. Mm -hmm. Put the pictures out. I don't care. You put them on the dark web. I don't care. Mm -hmm. That just is going to show your character. I'm not ashamed of my body. Do whatever you're going to do. Well, I'm going to send them to your husband and say, I was with you last night. Go right ahead because I haven't literally talked to you or seen you in like, I don't know how long. Like, go ahead, do what you're going to do. Take whatever old evidence you have and try to manipulate it to put it out there like I'm the bad person. I know what I did here, but you were completely like, what you're saying you're going to do to me is not okay. Right. Don, when all this was happening and you had your suspicions and you, I'm sure, were, you know, fishing around asking questions, did you think like you were the crazy person in the situation? Were you made to kind of feel like, you know, you had absolutely nothing to stand on no actually i felt insulted because i get all over into her phone and into her emails and everything else and i found exactly what i needed mm-hmm. so i had 100 percent proof and i knew what was happening i knew when it went down i knew what was being shared and said behind mm-hmm. her back so yeah i found all that evidence but i didn't come right out and tell her that i knew everything right i really wanted to see if she would eventually tell me the truth right so and at the end of it, I, I knew the answer that I already needed to know. 
I was just looking to see if she would ever tell me the truth about it. Right. Do you, um, do you trust her now? Yes. And do you ever have the, do you ever get like, do those things ever kind of bubble up in you? Does something ever happen where you feel the need to like, you know, maybe peek to see who's calling her or, you know, look through her text or do you ever get that? Does anything ever trigger you to make you not trust her right now? Uh, No, but I think that, I think that we're in a different place now Mm -hmm. and uh, I, I ask her, Mm -hmm. I just, you know, but I don't, I don't think it ever gets that gets to that point. I will give him my phone now though. That's the thing. Like I will completely be like, Oh, here's my phone. And he does the same for me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, do you, if he wouldn't have found out, say he wouldn't have found out, would you have ever told him? Like, how, how do you think this would have, how do you think things would have played out? It, say if the abuse hadn't happened, if he never found out, do you ever think about that? No, no. Like I, after all that happened, I've never even, like, I've, I've never thought about if I would have played out differently or anything. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly was, um, it's one of those situations. I know this is a horrible way to like understand this, but it's like a criminal that goes around and robs banks. There's a part of them that eventually gets tired and they just want to be caught. Mm -hmm. And I was fine with that. Mm -hmm. I was at that point. Um, but by the time, you know, he had, you know, found out it was it was me like I said I was trying to keep that person away mm-hmm. like as far away as I could um and receiving threats and everything like that so no like I never even thought about if it would have played out any differently I was just like this was a huge mistake mm-hmm. like this was a horrible mistake that I will never forget right were you um did you share this information with your children after it came out were they aware of what was going on with your marriage? Were they aware of the affair? Yes. Yes. You were open with all, Yeah, with them. all of them. All of them knew, mm-hmm. um, including, you know, his child that actually came to live with Don and I. It was just a really bad situation. This person was so far gone on drugs that they they were just... It, it was it was scary. Mm-hmm. They were they were psychotic at that mm-hmm. moment. I mean, they were literally in psychosis from doing too much meth. Like it was that bad. Did um so did I mean I'm just curious with your children knowing did it? I mean did it did it shift the dynamics in your family a little bit at the time? Did did kids side with one parent over the other parent, or were you did you guys come together and? It was like a cohesive, like, hey, we're going to work through this. Everything's going to be okay. You know, it's all fine. I feel like Don and I, because he came from the family, he came from divorced parents. I'm speaking for both of us. I'll let him speak Mm -hmm. here in a moment on that. But in myself or my dad was murdered when I was young and my mom had been married several times. Um, And I had been through so much stuff as a child. So had he. We tried to be honest with our children, but shelter them from the details. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, I know there had been times out of anger that he had said a couple of things and 
you know, and to the kids. And I was like, Hey, don't. And he's like, you know, you're right. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that, but you know, I knew that he was upset and I didn't blame him Mm -hmm. and he never did it again. Like Mm -hmm. he, we made sure that our kids were living as normal life as possible amongst our drama where him and I are, I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but we're pretty good at like compartmentalizing stuff. Don. Yeah, but what do you mean by compartmentalizing in this situation? I mean to shelter our kids from all the, you know, tried to keep them as normal keeping as possible. Yeah, keeping it separate yeah. from like what we did. Like we still sat down uh, and I ate see, dinner I with our kids mean. and we still interacted as a family. And yeah, although there was a lot of awkward moments. There was. There was plenty of awkward moments, um, but, but we wanted our kids to not. But ultimately, I think that you and I, that's one of the things that, you know, whether or not they're your kids, our kids, uh, we always wanted as the best we could possibly provide for our kids. That was one of our uh, things that we had in common since day one was we wanted to do the very best for them. So yeah, we, there was a, there was a effort to, that they needed to understand what was going on Mm -hmm. and why we're not talking with so-and-so again, Mm -hmm. nor would we ever. Uh, And that, you know, there's definitely going to be some changes and that this is why, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm acting like they're, they were really young, but they were like 12. The youngest ones were. Yeah. Youngest ones were 12. Yeah. Um, But this is why mommy and daddy have been acting so crazy lately. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, we definitely, they kind of knew, they, mm-hmm. And they already knew that there was something weird going on. Right. Uh, something that was out of the norm. Right. But they didn't quite know kind of what the details were. So it took a little bit before they, they got that. It's, I think it's great that we're able to sit here and have an open discussion um, regarding this affair. And, um, you know, Don, is there something that you feel that we've missed or we didn't touch on that you think that the listeners would, you know, be interested to know? Yeah. So one of the things that's come up a couple of times and, um, you know, just to kind of make it clear about where we're at with this is, uh, that, that I'm not perfect in all this either. You know, during our marriage, there's been plenty of times where I made decisions or whatever, you know, saw some girl or done something. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that I'm, have a wandering eye or or like had tried to hook up with anybody or whatever, mm-hmm. but there definitely were some situations. Now let's be clear too. I'm not weighing in. We're not weighing in on, you know, what one thing or what, you know, Renee did, is this worse or whatever, nothing like that. What I'm, all I'm saying is that nobody's perfect. And, you know, she made the decisions that she made at the time got kind of, swept away and something going on that she needed to do. And it's not that I condone that or agree with it. I'm not happy with it. Um, but that's what she chose to do at the time. And then we Mm -hmm. have to make a decision about how we're going to proceed from here on out. What decisions am I going to make, you know, in response to that and not just what decisions I'm going to make, but what decisions are we going to make about how are we going to move forward? Uh, I think that a lot of times people slip into this, uh, someone takes a holier than thou, uh, sit on a mountain kind of, um, 
feeling throughout the relationship that, you know, for some reason I can always use that as my ace in the hole against her or something. And I don't think I've ever done that to you. Have I? No, no. So I, and I'm not going to, but I, I think that a lot of times people do that Mm -hmm. and then they constantly will use that so that they can keep a, um, a master subservient type of relationship or dynamic going on a relationship. And I don't know who the fuck would want to live in a relationship like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like the way I like to look at it is that this affair, the person that I was involved with would have loved to watch me fall apart and watch my family fall apart. Mm -hmm. And really like when I look at myself, it made me really go, deal with a lot of stuff that I needed to deal with. And it made us deal with a lot of stuff that we needed to deal with in our marriage. And, uh, it, it pushed us to a point of like he said, where we had to actually communicate on a deeper level. And when we went to those therapists and stuff like that, it helped, it, it helped us, it, it pushed us. It isn't the way that I would have thought that that a marriage would work out or that I would have wanted it, but it, it did force us to really look at each other and to really communicate with each other on, on hard things. Do you think in any way that this strengthened your marriage? I do. Yes. Now (laughs) he said, yes, now he didn't. At the time, of course. No, I mean. No, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. they're really, uh, I I know that that's kind of, um, there was definitely a a time when, you know, especially when all that went down Mm -hmm. that uh, I I was utterly fucking humiliated. Utterly. I. Just completely. I can uh, imagine. Yeah. And not just, not just that, it was facing that in front of my kids. Mm -hmm. And although my kids needed to know what was going on, Mm -hmm. um, but just to face them afterwards, the humiliation Mm -hmm. in front of friends and family and everything and being in that situation. I think that you have to understand that, that I felt the same way. I mean, even though it was me, I mean, it's just as humiliating for the person that does it, especially when they realize like, I mean, that I'd never done anything like that. Like I, it was a huge, it was a huge, huge mistake. Yes. And then you have to go around and admit to the world, like what an idiot you are. Right. I mean, you do, you do, you have to admit like I'm an idiot. Like Mm -hmm. my husband isn't a douchebag. Like he's a decent person. Like he's never really done anything like horribly wrong to me. I mean, you know, we all do each other wrong every day. Like we'll say something or do something that bothers someone like but, you know, you communicate about stuff like that. But this, like, I had to go around and basically say, I'm an idiot. Like, right. there's something wrong with me. Right. But, like, I can imagine the male ego, you know, that's got to be a huge, you know. Huge. Huge blow. Yeah. Huge blow. And, and you know, another thing was to compare myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that she, I mean, she's used some pretty colorful metaphors to describe them during this conversation mm-hmm. and uh, some, you know, some little hints here and there about um, some kind of method who enjoys destroying things, who's a real piece of trash garbage, who mm-hmm. likes to manipulate people. And somehow he was chosen at that moment, at least for the period of time over me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a blow. Rather 
drive an 82 Toyota Corolla for a while. I didn't get it. But it had nothing to do with you. Yeah. I mean, we well, had our problems, but it was did. mostly to do with me. And I, I think that that's something that I need to keep going back to is that when people do things like this, it's because they have some undealt with shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care how far down you shove it. It's going to be there until you deal with it. And, um, especially it anyone that, that way. I understand no. that. I understand that. But what I'm telling you is that I know it hurt you, but it was me and it was something wrong with me. And I can say that it was my lack of communication. It was my lack of many things, um, not knowing how to deal with things because of who I was for how many years, 30 some odd years, you know? And I, and I think that it's a, it's something that people need to know. I mean, like not to like throw Michelle under the bus, but like, you know, you're no longer in your marriage because Mm -hmm. your husband cheated on you. And the truth is, is it wasn't necessarily about you. Right. It's more about him. Right. And what he has going on inside of him and his insecurities. And, you know, I know that that I know. And I'm saying, I know it doesn't make it any better because I mean, you know, here you are and you know, but the thing is, is that at the end of the day, like it wasn't you. Mm hmm. I mean, you could have been there and, you know, been the best person ever and it, and it wouldn't have mattered because there is too much going on inside of that person right? for them to even see that or to appreciate it because I did the same thing with Dawn. It was too peaceful. And, you know, I really feel like people that, you know, and just because my trauma was really, really tragic as a child doesn't mean that somebody else's trauma or their lack of attention, like. You, you get like emotionally neglected and, you know, even by your parents, it's not that like purposely, but you know, back when parents worked all the time, people didn't, you know, everybody had to work. And I think that's where I took Dawn into that situation and kind of threw him in that scenario mm-hmm. with like my parents and everybody else that ignored me, mm-hmm. you know, right. because he was off working and doing what he had to do. So I kind of like, in my childlike mind, I put him in that situation with all the people that ignored me. Right. And you were seeking attention, I whether was it was good it, or, or bad. bad attention. Yes. You didn't care if it was, yes. you didn't care what the attention was. You just wanted attention. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I got it, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I, I, the, the deal is, is it's like, you know, think about think about old movies. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, yeah, I've watched a lot of movies about you know uh, Anne of Green Gables and um, Don loved Anne of Green Gables. Uh, Jane Austen novels. Okay, so I've actually does he read make you dress up? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, Mr. Darby. Um, think about the think Mr. About Rogers. The, think about the Great Gatsby's and two suitors come mm-hmm. calling, right? And, and for some reason, you know, the, the girl in the whole story is having to decide between two suitors. 
Okay, so as much as you say it's not about the other guy, and I and I get that, but to the person that it's happening to, yeah. it's the two suitors. We're, right. we're trying to decide what's wrong with me compared to the other guy. But that's the thing is there was no comparison at that moment. It was just the attention that I was able I to get. get. That. that person was not comparable. Right. And you can, it wasn't. Right. Like, and there's, can, there was no comparison whatsoever. Like, there was never, that was like comparing apples to oranges. Right. But you can tell a person that over and over but the person that's actually in the situation that the that this happened to, you internalize it. At least I can't speak on your behalf, Don, but I can speak on mine. Is that it becomes a personal thing? What's wrong with me? Yes, Why? I get that. Yes. I get that. And and right now I'm I mean I can hear you. Okay, I can hear you, and I understand, and I can and and I understand that. Okay, and I understand what was going on at the time. I guarantee, though, for the first few years after this went down. I didn't trust anything you said had to say about the whole situation because I didn't really feel everything had fully come out. We were still trying to decide how we were going to go. The feelings were too raw. You'd said a lot of things to me that I knew you were lying about anyway. Um, so yeah, no, I don't really trust you about it. I didn't really trust you about it. I do now. But what I'm saying is that especially at that time, that's what I felt like is what the hell is wrong with me that I'm being compared to this guy and I'm playing second bat to some meth head piece of fucking shit. Uh, I, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. What is wrong with me? What is so bad with me mm -hmm. that I'm in that situation? And so what I'm saying is that, is that that really at that time led to a pretty heavy depression for me because I felt like there, there's two ways of looking at this that were both playing into my life at that time was something is really wrong with me. I'm a real piece of trash because this is what my wife chose over me. So, you know, what is it I'm doing wrong? But the other side of it is, is, you know, fine. If I, I guess if I'm going to be a piece of shit, then I'm going to be a piece of shit. I, I, I don't know. What is it I'm going to go do? That's what I was going to ask you. I, I was curious to, to ask you is, did you find like a need to kind of like uh, maybe compare yourself or be like, okay, well, you know, he's like this. Maybe she, ne maybe she wants me to be more like this. Did you feel like, did you not like a competition, but did you feel like a need to like, kind of want to be more like that? Yeah. So no, I never felt any need to be anything like him. That being said, I did find a need that I needed to be careful about how I spend my attention and, and what it is, how I do things. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that I get overwhelmed into things and I let my job kind of take me over and I let my worries about family finances and taking care of things and problems and exterior family issues, mm -hmm. you know, that I know that those are all important to me. And, you know, as a head of a household, I have to keep those things first and foremost, you know, that's mm -hmm. my responsibility. That's my responsibility as a man. That's what I do. That's what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. And yes, when everything isn't working out right, uh, I internalize a lot of those and I'm not a very nice person to be around. And I do, um, I do find myself in my thoughts, a lot mm -hmm. thinking about those types of things, which doesn't make me a very fun person to be around. And that's where I didn't communicate. Well, I mean, he didn't really, I didn't know how to communicate that, but I felt emotionally neglected mm -hmm. because he worked a lot. And then, yeah, when he was stressed, he brought it 
to me. Like, so I only got no, like no, no. the. But the point is, I didn't bring it to you. The point is, is that. No, from, because you were just detached is what I'm well, saying. And like, no, and that's what I'm saying is I didn't, I detached from you because see, realize that, you know, either be it from military or from whatever, a, a good leader. And I'm saying this, I'm not exactly sure if this is what a good leader does because since I've learned and matured, however, at that time, especially a good leader, if something is going wrong, I'm not going to let my troops know that something. No. Is wrong. And that's what I said is like, when I said you brought it to me, like that detachment, like but, it was a complete detachment. There's a reason so. for that detachment because I don't want people who rely on me for that strength to think that all of a sudden I'm faltering or that I observe some type of weakness in our defense. But we did finally communicate and that's where he's getting at is that that's, I mean, it's not an excuse, but that's what drove me to my situation is that I felt alone. I felt yes. like he wasn't like we weren't connected because, and that's when we had that therapist say, how are y'all still married? You live in separate lives. Um, because he, he did, he can detach very, it seems easily. I don't know if it's easily, it seems like it is, but he can just, he's a person that you can watch it's switch inside him like he can shut it off i i can't I, I, I can't do that <laughs> I, I i can deal with large problems going on i can deal with the high amount of stress and then i can still get some things done but what i couldn't do at the time is switch very well from personal professional type of mentality about things because ultimately no matter how overwhelmed I am with my job or school or something going on that I, you know, would consider, would consider financial type of, uh, pursuits or, uh, problems or issues, you know, that have to do with the family's, uh, longevity or livelihood or, you know, something to that extent is that part of my job is to also also safeguard the emotional well-being of your family of my family now you know eh, that goes into some religious stuff in the end you know when you're talking about spiritual well-being but that's your childhood things. ideologies that well, were pressed on you i get it yeah it is but there is some truth to that there there is some truth to that emotional well-being and how that kind of overlaps into a spiritual sense mm -hmm. and i think that 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 is a part that i had neglected that I didn't realize was as important as it is for me to be able to learn how to disconnect from my job because my family needed me on a Friday night or my family needed me on a Saturday afternoon to go somewhere together. But I think in our growth that we've gotten to that point, like I will we come to now. you now, like I will be directed. He'll be up there working. I'm like, Don, it's time to stop. Mm -hmm. Like, let's go do something. Let's go have dinner. Let's, I mean, even if it's just him coming down here, like some days I'm like, just come have lunch with me, just you and I. Because if not, he, I would be eating by myself. Mm -hmm. and no, uh, you, you say that, but I come down. I do things with you. He does. Not he because not because I just, but he is. He's yeah. getting. He's getting programmed better to where he's like, he makes a conscious effort to like be like, okay, I need to get up and go see what's going on, or you know, even if it's just coming down to talk to me for a few minutes or go outside or something like, mm -hmm. you know. And I don't. I, I don't. Ex he's he's a hard worker. I'm a hard worker. Like I don't expect him to like, you know, drop everything and me be the center of attention. But 
sometimes I need that. And I think that we've both gotten better at communicating that. And what I learned is even as much of a hard ass as he is and how he can detach or whatever, that he needs that too. Mm -hmm. He needs that, you know. Balance. Well, he just, he wants to, we're humans. We want to Mm -hmm. be pursued. He wants me to pursue him just as much as I want him to pursue me. Balance. Balance. True. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I do, I do want to feel like I'm being pursued about things. And everyone wants to feel sexy. Mm -hmm. No, they want to feel sexy and want it. That's just, that's just humans in general. No, I I absolutely agree. But balance is a big deal of it. You know, actually our, our, um, our eldest son was pretty big into that and uh, you know, uh, we talked a lot and that was one of the things that, you know, has been a constant theme is that he understood, you know, kind of where I was coming from with a lot of it, because at the same time, he, he was pursuing some of his educational goals too. Yes. And, uh, you know, he's definitely, um, you know, has a different skill set than, than I, but one of the things that he had mentioned several times about me is to be able to balance those types of things yeah, and and that I needed to be able to, you know, get away from work for a while and go do some of those things. And that's something that's always stuck with me is that, you know, yes, I do. It's important. It's important to take care of some things. It's important to, yes, it's important to take care of your family financially and, Mm -hmm. you know, with work and, you know, but it's also important to interact with them and spend time with them. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's kind of like the moral of this is like, we're putting ourselves out there. We're talking about this, but the truth is, is that we made a decision. Um, I love him. He loves me to stay together. It wasn't going to be easy. And, um, I feel like anymore that a lot of people are just looking for the easy and, uh, it's, it's being married is not easy. No, it's it's not not. easy. It's not. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's all, you know, kumbaya now because it's not easy. I mean, there's there's hard days now. And then there's other days that we're just like, woo, we're so, you know, we're doing good. And then other days we're like, what the hell happened? Well, I think I mean, it's, that, it's that perfection thing, too, is that, you know, we kind of touched on that a little while ago. We were talking about, you know, oh, I could just be on my high horse and, and have that type of relationship. And I don't know who the hell would want that kind of thing. I, I certainly don't, you know, I think we're on pretty even ground and we kind of, um, you know, understand each other and, you know, appreciate each other more. I can say that one thing that Don has never treated me like is less than, um, he looks at me like his equal. Um, he'll let me ride a motorcycle. He'll let me do drywall. He'll let me mow the grass he'll let me like i i enjoy doing stuff like that i, I like working with you and people like are like people are like what is your wife like and he's like yeah she likes doing that and they're like what i wish my wife would do that no, but I, I think the most important thing out of, well i mean there's a lot of things that have come up but i i think as far as being able to go forward from that type of experience mm-hmm. uh is <clears throat> to to be able to understand that you know both parties aren't perfect in all this mm-hmm. and that yeah, we could just scrub everything and start fresh with different family, different people, different couple, whatever, different mate. I don't know that I would necessarily find that. Or, I mean, I I'm, I guess some people do. I just, I don't know about that. He um, thinks I'm pretty special. I do think you're pretty special. Well, it sounds I like he, he wants you to feel pursued and sexy, but he just wants to make he's, sure you do it with a roof over your head. He's, he's, pretty, <laughs> he's, pretty, right. he's pretty special himself, too. I, I just, I think that you can't just, uh, you know, 
throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? You at some point you. Have I don't to know what that means. Right? No, I I get it. <laughs> like, I don't and, know. What and that don't means. you don't you think that if you if you just move on and like okay, forget this, this didn't work, see ya, bye. Don't you think you just carry that to the next relationship? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I until you deal with it and the underlying whatever. And that's what I'm saying. I would have yeah. just I would have just still been damaged and bled on someone else, and so would he have. And it doesn't make any sense. Just because you get another person doesn't mean that the same problems aren't going to happen. I've actually watched this happen with several people in my lifetime that had this horrible problem in this relationship, this marriage, and they go to another one. And guess what? It's the same problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a different person. Yep. We all have them. And it's, yeah. I think it, it is, it, it all comes down to how you handle it, yep. how you handle the situation. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, looking from the somebody looking from the outside, I mean, you guys seem like a good, strong couple. I mean, we have it put together for the most part. You seem put together. Stronger for having been through not just this, but But a lot of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, uh, one of the few occasions that I would use the word blessed, but I do feel blessed that. You know, I found my partner in life mm-hmm. and, and someone that I love. He knows that I would take people out for him. I know you would. I'm a little vicious. He's the one that's calm and logical. I'm like, don't mess with my husband. I'm calm and logical to your face, <laughs> but I'll take you out. Well, I think it's great that, you know, you're able to sit and, and have this discussion with us and be so open. Um, I'm sure it's not easy to dredge all this stuff up. It's not, but I was only hoping that it would be therapeutic and it would also give you some insight, Mm -hmm. you know, to let you know, look, I'm going to cry now that you're a beautiful person Uh and it's nothing, there was nothing ever wrong with Uh, you, Thank you. that there was something wrong with that person. Thank you. And there's still something wrong that until they deal with it. Yeah. I'm just waiting for it to happen again. (laughs) (laughs) Not on me, not for Mia, not on my end. (laughs) I mean, it it will. I mean, that's, that's inevitable. Like, just like I said, you're just going to go into another relationship with those wounds and Mm -hmm. bleed on that person. It's going to be the same thing over and over again until you deal with it. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Okay, happy listeners, if you're hearing this, we've just finished an episode and we are begging for you to give us a follow, please, and give us some ratings and five star is what we prefer, but we also prefer that you're honest. Look, that's great. What are you doing right now? You're, you're driving along and listen to this podcast. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Now, look, in the next hour or so, while you're hiding from your boss in a stall watching TikTok videos... Or spanking the monkey to Pornhub. <laughs> take a take a couple minutes and instead jump on Spotify or jump on whatever podcast you're using to listen to this and give us a rating. Thank you.